Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week. We have come together to talk about Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars Rebels. So originally we were like, hey, we need to talk about the next to last episode, which would be like the next to next to last episode. But the last episode was two-parter. So I call that one episode. That's true. I I agree with this. I'm calling it one episode. I mean, if it's a part one and a part two, for sure, it's like one episode. I think the next to last episode, Twin Suns, should have been an hour-long episode. I agree with that, and I think... I think I could put an argument forward that uh, all of them should. That the yeah, well, I think all of them should. Like, I think there's enough stuff in there to where it it would work. Um, but I think I mean, there's probably also people who are in charge of the show who probably feel like it could have been longer or more more content. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So um, we're talking about that later. Oh boy, teaser! It's not, it's not later than I realized or thought. Like I'm, I'm, ti- I'm getting tired. All we of talked. Sudden. We talked for a really long time after dinner. Yeah. Maybe that was a mistake. That's, I mean, it, it could have been. We'll, Maybe. we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> we should have just been recording in that. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't say anything about any of this stuff. <laughs> I don't think we we referenced almost any entertainment whatsoever. No. <laughs> Actually. This is uh, see. This is what happens when I get tired. I think I could borrow a guitar. I mean, sure. I mean, and play around with it. Yeah, I mean, you have you have your uh, your your case I, and stuff like that. I I have my setup. Well, I mean, kinda. that's what I mean. You're, you're, I don't, you're I don't have a case. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was thinking. I was trying to figure out like what I would use for a case, and I said case, but I really was thinking you got your amp and stuff yeah, like I got, that. Yeah, I got my amp. Up to. Did I tell you? Did I show you? I have my whole whole get up. My yeah, setup? you yeah. showed me. You showed yeah. me a picture of it. Yeah. This was last week whenever we saw the yeah. movie, like before mm-hmm. we, while we were waiting for uh, Ghost in the Shell. That's right. You're yes. showing me and telling me all about like. Uh, have you plugged it in? Listen to it. I have plugged it in once, but I haven't plugged mm. it into like an official amp. That's mm. the thing is like I, I don't have an amp, but I have like modelers and stuff. So I plugged it into my system and recorded yeah. it. Um, Curious yeah, what it sounds like. I dude, there's a nice little tone control. It has like two separate settings where you can pop, uh. like pull out the uh, the tone, and it like does what? a different type of a tone thing. So what? there's like two different kind of tone control. That's cool. Things. Anyway. All right. Terrible, terrible radio. I mean, people. P- people don't know what my guitar even looks like over nope. there. No, nope. it's, it's still a story of how you came upon this guitar. Uh, that's right. So I went to, uh, I went to Sweetwater's Gear Fest uh, one year. And uh, and they uh, Gear Fest is like a couple of days at Sweetwater. The Sweetwater sounds so it's a uh, it's a basically a big warehouse. If you're unaware of what Sweetwater is, it's a big warehouse of uh, instruments, pro audio gear, like all this stuff, right? They sell like everything. Yeah, they sell everything. I mean, it's 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 basically like that event specifically. Like there are things inside. There are like little tents outside, and like external vendors come and like try. They sell things there and everything. It's 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 a really crazy, amazing event. You can get some great deals. Mm-hmm. So, I went there, and uh, I was I was picking up some uh, some some mopads, which are uh, like isolators uh, for sound for my for my monitors. So like uh, they're little foam pieces to set your monitors on. I was just picking these up um, because I needed a new pair, and. Uh, and I got up there, and they're like, "Hey, while, while you're checking out here, they're like, did you know you won something?" I said, <laughs> "I won something," and they're like, "Yeah, just for attending, like you get your name thrown into a bunch of drawings." How are you supposed to know this, by the way? And I guess like they announced it at some point during the day, but like I was probably in some other location because the place is gigantic and there's lots of things to do. Because um, a lot of times they'll have like they'll even have like events where like oh I think uh, Chris Lorraine, a big mixer, yeah. um, spoke one year and I saw yeah. him. That was the that was one of the two years that I went. Yeah. 
Um, that was amazing. It was, it's, it, there's lots of stuff to do. So I was just in enough of your place whenever they announced this. Right, right. But if I hadn't purchased these things, there's no way I would have gotten this guitar. <laughs> but they were like, did you know what's that? I'm like, oh, what did, what did I win? And I'm thinking, I, what could I possibly have won? And I won this guitar. And it's a, not an not a inexpensive guitar. It's like, it's a nice guitar. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's something like, I, whenever I picked it up, I, I went back to the warehouse and I picked it up. They gave it to me in this box, and I like was took it out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is a, this is a nice guitar, and yeah, yeah. it's nothing that I would necessarily have bought for myself." Right. right. I was like, "Now I have this guitar." Those are the best kind of things. It's great. When you're just like, I would, I probably wouldn't buy that for myself. But you win it. But you win it, or someone gives it to you, and you're like, yeah. "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, like I'm cool. glad I have this. Yeah. And I've put put that guitar to some good use uh, a couple of times. And this it's one, great. nice. Yeah, yeah, this one. Yeah, it's ended up on a couple of people's mixes. That's awesome. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I, well, then you have, have played it. I have played things. it. Yeah, I've definitely played it, but I haven't done it through an amp, like an actual, okay. like, like a, a real amp. Yeah. Like, you know, you have amp modelers. Like, I'll, I'll just go, like, right. DI into my, uh, into right, my, right, my right. interface here and, like... How does it sound modeled? It sounds good. It sounds really good. And, like, the tone control is nice. I, I don't, like, I I'll, I would have to do some research to figure out the two differences. punk rock with that? No. Okay. That is not what I have done with it. But you could. <laughs> that's, well, that's my intentions. I, I would be fine with that. <laughs> I would like to hear it on some punk rock. <laughs> You may very well soon hear <laughs> it on some punk rock. <laughs> let me let me make it clear. <laughs> the, your intentions are to play punk rock on this. Uh, my inten- yes, those are my intentions. If I'm going to declare my intentions, they are to play punk rock. As long as you don't pull the whole like throw it around no, your back no, situation. No, those days are gone. They were never really here. No, they, there were two times <laughs> they, that, were, uh, they were forced on me. Yes, uh, I don't know if we've told that story on this podcast before. Yeah, so I had a, I had a guitar. I had a guitar. So we, we John and I used to play in a band back in the day. Like this is just like none none of this has anything to do with Star Wars. Anyway, so we uh, whenever and this was like in high like later years of high school slash early years of like college. Yeah, and we were in a pop punk band. Um, That's right, and. We uh, did, like right before our first show. We had our first show. It was like with with this uh, with this like larger like I would call regional band. Yeah, um, that played all over the like Southern Illinois, Missouri, Indiana, Chicago, like, Chicago, like Kentucky region. I think they may have gone some other places, but like that was kind of the the area that they were playing in. And super popular. They'd gone on a couple tours, so I'm sure they'd gone like other areas. I just don't know where specifically. Um, but regional band and so we were like super pumped super excited we'd practiced up we had like our four songs we were playing and um like i had one electric guitar at that time like and uh it was i don't know if it was brand new at that point like i think i'd had it for probably about like it was pretty I'd have, new i'd have for a couple of years maybe or it was, a year it was decently new i mean it was like and it was like it, it was, was to the point where i was like taking good really good care of it you know right and uh so um one of our friends who shall remain nameless um, he, and yes, a, he's still one of our friends. Yeah, was in another band, and um, they would throw their guitars around their necks, sling them around their necks. Have, they'd have strap locks on their guitars, mm-hmm. and they swing around the necks. And I like, I got, I got strap locks for my guitars because I was like always afraid it would just fall off my. Because I feel it like it happened heavy. a couple times. Yeah, it was fairly heavy, and I think uh, the actually, angle that I think the angle that you would hold it at sometimes, yeah, like if it was it low, just, it would just pull off. If it was low slung on yeah. your body, like. Like you know, pop punk bands do. Yes, um, and should. I still don't like. 
I guitars mean, up here. See, I, I don't mind my guitar being up a little higher. Not while higher. I'm standing. Not, I mean, like, while I'm standing, I don't mind if it's, like, on my hip. Like, where it's, like, oh it's my basically, gosh, like, against my hip. That's like, I'm ridic- good with that. That's ridiculous. Um, anyway... But uh, but yeah, if you're a good pop punk band, like you leave your guitar really low. Oh yeah. And so at that it's angle, like there's an angle there where it's like the, the one of the strap things, like it could just pop off. Right. So yeah. So about strap locks. Well, so I have it on there, and he, and like our friend is backstage with us. Like this is literally hours before the show, and he's like, "Hey man, I want like have you ever sl- have you ever slung it on your neck?" I was like, "No." He's like, "I want to sling it around my neck." I'm like, "Okay." So I hand he's it like, to him. Let me show you how. And you're let me like, show yeah, you how. Okay. And so he's like, all right, you do this. And then he slings it around his neck and it comes down and he was standing too close to a wooden folding table behind him that the guitar comes down like with the head onto the table and just splits like every single guitar has a rod <laughs> up the neck. Um, not every single, not every, well, but, but most. This, well, a lot of them do. Not yet. You're right. Um, so that you can adjust the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one did as well. And it it hit and it split like right where that rod like goes through, oh. and couldn't. I mean, it's, it's broken. Like I don't. What did I even do with that thing? Like after that? Yeah. Where's it at? Oh, I think it still exists. The broken guitar. I think it's still at like our parents' house or something. I gotta find that. I think it might be still in a case somewhere. I just thought about that. Yeah, it's. I think it's still. It's still out there. Where like, is that? <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I thought because okay. I don't think we. I don't think the the continue with the story. Yeah. Then, so anyway, I ended up bar- bar- borrowing somebody's guitar. Like I think it was like a, some kind of like Telecaster or something. I, don't, I may have been, but but like uh, so we played the show with it. The problem was I wasn't used to the uh, the volume knob being as close to like the back end uh, that's right. bridge of the guitar, like so back where you put um, your palm to palm mute it, mm, like punk rockers do. Yeah, yeah, like any good punk rock So every single does. time I put my palm back there and started doing muting, muting yeah. guitars, like I would turn down the guitar because the volume knob was right yeah. there. <laughs> Worst place for a volume knob. I don't, it may not, I think it was actually a Stratocaster or something like that. Anyway, something, I some mean, version of that. it would work if you, if you knew that it like was there. And yeah, like if I was used to it. Yeah. I just like, never played this guitar before. Right. And I, this is literally hours before the show. Right and uh, no, it wasn't that. It was a it was a Gibson. That's right. It was, it was. A Les Paul, wasn't yep. it? Yep, it was yeah, Les, it was Les Paul. Paul. Mm-hmm. And um, and so anyway, man, that was just like a disaster. Before our very first show we'd ever played as a band, guitar broken. So the broken the the the, uh, the tail end, the epilogue, if you will, huh. of the story. Yeah, is that. Uh, a, a call to Sweetwater. Yes. Yes. And Bring in a Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. Wrapping it all back up, Chris. We couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't That's find right. it. I'd saved up for the guitar, and like I, lo- I liked it a lot. It's a Washburn Icon electric guitar, um, it, and uh, there was a version that was like the special edition of yep. the Icon. So like the Icon came in different colors. It was like blue, green, and red, but then like the special edition was gold sunburst. Yeah. And... Um, I had gotten one of the special edition ones. It cost a little bit more, but I really liked the look of it, liked the feel of it. it. Has like oversized frets, so like you know, like makes playing a little bit smoother whenever you're like fretting some things. Yeah, some nice like, perloid inlay on perloid the frets, inlay. if I remember. Yeah, yeah. like it, I I liked it a lot. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is like super strange that we're talking about this, but and then but but so like couldn't find it anywhere out of stock, and even like online it was like out of stock. But right. we called Sweetwater. And Sweetwater rep, being the awesome guy that he was, he's like, let me go check in the warehouse. Yeah, he's like, I, it says that in the system that we don't have yeah. any, but let me go back there and like actually look in the warehouse. 
They found one, John. Dude, and having been in this warehouse, like I've been in this warehouse. Yeah. It's huge. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know what their filing system is like for these things. But this is like, if I, if I want to like compare it to like how tall our house is, right? It's like yeah. four or five stories tall of oh, a warehouse. Yeah. Like with, that you're getting up on like big pallet things and like in order to unload like the stuff on the top. And yeah. it's, it's wild how big this thing is. Well, and like, like, and the other thing is like, oh, who knows? You know, like... So, I mean, somebody at Sweetwater may have like put this aside, like they wanted to buy like themselves or something like That's that. True. You know, like there, there's no telling where this thing, like why this was still there and it yeah. wasn't in the system and all that kind of stuff. Maybe it was like some kind of demo floor unit. Maybe they, I don't know, who knows what, maybe what it was. It was. Uh, maybe it was like slated to be given away at the next Sweetwater Possibly. Gear Fest. Yeah. You know, and uh, anyway, I got a replacement for my. Uh, my broken guitar that I, I think, now want to find. I think they severely, like, or not severely, but like they discounted that price too. Like whenever yeah. you bought the second one, they were like, okay, so because of the story of of, right. of someone yeah. else breaking your guitar, yep. we're going to not charge you as much. Yeah. Which was, is amazing. It was pretty awesome. So Sweetwater, if anybody <laughs> if anybody needs any audio gear, professional audio gear, yeah. uh, check out Sweetwater. Talk to our friend Robbie Resnick. There it is. Tell that's, him that's Sweetwater. Tell him that you heard about it, uh, him on Stay On Target podcast. Yeah. This is just the weirdest plug ever that no one's paying us for. Yeah, it's like no one is paying us for anything That's whatsoever. the sign of a true endorsement. I mean, seriously. I mean, these are both really like positive, true stories about that company. I've never really had a negative experience with them. Me neither. Like anytime I've ever called up, I'm like, hey, um, I need this. Is there any way we can get this at a cheaper price? It's like, okay, let me see what I can do for you. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like, you know, it's like, well, if there's nothing they can do, they're like, oh, sorry, there's, there's nothing, nothing they can to do. do. But then other times it's like, well, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, maybe. I remember there was one time I had, I had purchased a plug-in uh, on a Black Friday sale, like, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then I noticed, like, the day after that, yeah. so it was like the Saturday mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving, like it went on sale at an even dip, deeper discount from a different place. And yeah. so, like, I called them up, and 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 Robbie was like, "Okay, we'll give you the price that you you know, we'll give you some money back, basically." And it was That's like, amazing. "Oh my gosh, this is incredible!" Yeah, they're they're too good, dude. They are too good. They send you candy in their shipments. They do. Maybe that's why I like. They send them. you sweets. They send you sweets. <laughs> so, John. What have you been up to this week? Oh my we are goodness. 14 minutes into this we podcast. We are, in fact, and all we've been talking about is guitars. <laughs> Welcome to the Guitar Cast. <laughs> that was my mouth noise of like a guitar solo. That was the worst ever. Um, so this week, uh, I've actually been doing like, been trying to catch up on some TV. Mm. And, uh, and then we also, we did a raid. We did, in fact, do the uh, Crota Challenge in Destiny. Yeah. The raid, man. That we was did. a wild night. I'm not gonna lie. It was awesome, though. It was so good. So glad we did it. We uh, we had a great crew, and uh, and we went in there, and everybody was was like strapped in. We were dedicated. I I have to say, there was a moment in there where I'm like, man, none of like nobody has even suggested that we're like this might not be happening. Yeah. Because oh, there was no. a couple times we were running into some I mean, trouble. Yeah, that was the th- so like this was probably the most positive. We did a um, uh, we had four of us, and then um. We grabbed a couple people from. Um, no, we had three of us. There was three of us. There's right? only three of us. There's, yeah, yeah. So there's only three of us, and so we grabbed uh, three people um, from uh, the 100.io. Yep. And uh, first off, we started with like uh, three people, and then one of them like ended up having like terrible connection problems, and so like That's right. honestly, like we waited around for him for like half an hour, and then he still didn't get back on. So yeah. it took us like you know it was like another half hour before he got back on. But anyway, and we we had filled it by that point. 
just a friend that I hadn't played played with for like honestly like a year and a half probably. Yeah. Um, but it was like the most positive experience I've had. Well, I mean, I've had really good experiences just like with random people or with people off the one hundred before. Yeah, or friends of friends. And we told them on the podcast. You know, yeah. like it was, the, it was the night I was trying to get the like emblem and that's right school loss and all that kind of stuff and that's right i remember um that one. ended up playing with this dude who was like the the clan leader for the clan that has all the grimoire card like all the points you can't get into this clan unless you have all the grimoire card it's wild points you know so wild man. um highest grimoire score anyway and uh and so like but these guys were awesome like they were really really good they were skilled they were chill like they you know it wasn't like just like profanity all over the place <laughs> Sometimes it's just like yeah, I've been in, I've been in some lobbies before where it's like man just the the amount of profanity right now well, is just like I can't stand it and like slurs and like yeah, like, yeah. most of that, most of the time like, people like that get shut up but like it's this is all true uh, the uh, it's it's literally just like just like just profanity yeah the, the amount excessive amount of it yeah I um, mean but like this group totally amazing yeah, yeah pr- really awesome. Like we had a good time, and uh, at the end of it, got some great loot. It was, it was. I, oh yeah, I, I enjoyed myself. I thought it was the a cool was, challenge. Like, well, the thing was, like we could have easily done this whole thing. The problem is, like with the new Destiny, in order to get the exotics, you have to do these challenges, and it just means you have to beat this um, in a in a different way or in a, a unique way, and yeah. so um, it took us a long time on Crota, like to beat him when by downing him. Um, and the the same person not picking up the sword every single time. Right. We right. could if we had done that, we could have had it done the first try. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the other side of it was like, so the there's two parts to the challenge. That that was the second part, but the first part of it was like, oh, eliminate all of the enemies in two minutes and take out oh, a, yeah. a sub boss. We didn't even get that. Like, I mean, yeah, we got two minutes and eight seconds. Yeah. And so, but like, I mean, but uh, but like, so that was the challenge. But then there was additional challenge of like, if you beat it in two minutes, so we missed it by eight seconds. Yeah. But it was like. Even that, well, the no orchestration that that, that took. I right. mean, it was it was wild. Like it took us a little bit, a few tries. Yeah, that part was just hard in and of itself. Yeah, it, but like the other part was was hard just because of the challenge, not because of what we were trying to do. True. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's good time. That, that's really like I haven't even played Zelda as much as I wanted to this week. Me neither. Uh, like twice. Um, I played it a few times on back whenever I would like go someplace or whatever. But yeah. we've been like super super busy this week and stuff. Yeah. So it's been like if I'm. If I'm playing Zelda, a lot of times I'm like playing it while I'm watching like something else on TV or something. Yeah. I'm watching something on I Netflix. I've been doing that. So I actually on that one, I I got up to the point of like a, one of the the bosses, like the sub bosses or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I'm leveled up enough for this because like people were almost one shotting me. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm gonna go peace out for a second, get leveled up, come back. And so like that's where I'm at. I'm in that process yeah. of like just getting up another level or so. So baseball is back. Dude, I've been watching that. That first game. Oh man, the Cardinals and Cubs. Oh yeah. ESPN Sunday night. It was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, back and forth. Only amazing if you were a Cardinals fan. I mean, it was still a good game. <laughs> it was a great game. And the thing was, uh, the next night was a good game too. Uh, I didn't. Um, I didn't keep track of the next night. <laughs> it was. It was great. It was back and forth as well. Uh, but uh, the Cubs won, and then today was kind of a blowout. Like it was a rescheduled rain delay game uh, since yesterday. From yesterday. Yeah. And uh, Cubs ended up winning like I don't know six to. Yeah. Six to two or something. I think we've discussed on the podcast before where I think the uh, the the Cubs like if you go like Cubs versus Cards, the Cubs have a have more wins against the Cards than the Cards have wins. Yeah, against it seems the ridiculous. It does seem ridiculous. But then if you look at all of other baseball, like if you include all the other teams and say how who you know wins and losses, the Cardinals have more wins than the than right. the Cubs. So right. it's just interesting. The Cubs 
are better against the Cardinals. They know I mean, their they know their enemy. Yeah, you, exactly. You always you always play better against uh, those that. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with this. I don't know. I I, I thought this was like going to be it was uh, really profound. Yeah, I thought it was going to be pretty big, yeah. but it, it kind of like you know just didn't. It never materialized. So, you always always play better against those you you respect. So yeah, there you, you respect go. Respect more. So I feel like you lit a firecracker, right? And we were waiting for the explosion. Yeah, but it just never the fuse happened. Just fizzled. Yeah, just kind of like the fuse went inside yeah. of it, and you're like, do I pick it up now or? I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, the answer no. is, uh, the answer folks. Is you never pick you it up. You never pick it up after you've done that. <laughs> no, you dump a bunch of water on it and you kick it away as far as you can. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude! Fireworks, man. It's been a while since I've played with some fireworks. I'll tell you what still astounds me. In Europe, whenever they're building a building, sometimes they will still find like unexploded. Uh, bombs that were dropped oh like gosh. during World War II. Oh like they're in the ground. Like there was something recently where uh, like they were trying to build a building um, in like Hamburg, Germany or something like that. Man. And they found an unexploded bomb that was just down there. And so like they have to you know, clear out the neighborhoods, yeah, dude. bring everything in. They somehow like detonate things like that and contain the blast. Yeah, I guess that, what, what do they build like some sort of a uh, uh, like – some sort of a big metal box around it. I don't know because like, like they're, it's like they're too they're too dangerous. You can't move them. Yeah, because they're too in, unstable. But at this point, but it's just like man, <laughs> that's insane. Like it's like man, we were living right there. There's a missile, or a bomb right underneath us. Oh my goodness, us. dude, that's in, it's intense. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, completely different. But like, if you have a, like a sinkhole as well, like where it's like oh, all of a sudden are, just like a sink. Yeah, sh- man, sinkholes. It's I don't like what in the world? Sinkholes are the worst. I don't even get it, man. That stuff baffles me. Nature and war. There's a book that's been sitting on my bookshelf for like literally probably two years that I need to read. And it's all about um, – I remember I was on this kick for a while and I was talking about like the the largest cave. That's and right. like it, how deep it was and people who mm-hmm. would explore it and they'd go in there for like weeks at a time and then they mm-hmm. come out. You know, like it's like – it's and like – it's basically like the the physical Dude. nature of it. Like you have to do the same things, prepare the same way, and it takes the same amount of effort as climbing a mountain. You're just climbing underneath the ground, and eventually right. you have to use air tanks and all that kind of stuff. Same as you do whenever you're going up like Everest. Right. And so like you compare the two, and it's like, well, this is like the underground Everest, you know, and it's just crazy stuff. But so I have a book about that cave and the people, some people who explore it. I bought it whenever I was on that kick. I haven't read it, Chris. You, I remember having the discussion originally about that cave. Yeah, at my other house. Yeah, on this on podcast. this podcast. I know. And so, what would that have been like? Year one, year two of the podcast? Who knows, bro? Well, if it was two years ago, it would, be, it would have been two years in. I mean, so, if it was like right before I moved, we're four yeah. years in. That's what's so weird about this podcast. It's like we've been talking every single week for four years <laughs> on a recording. On a recording, like I. I so at one point I did math on like <laughs> how much time I like of my life I have spent like this. I mean I'm sure like you know you're a talk radio show host or something like that. Right. They have way more time. Oh of course. We like there is so much of just our us talking. This is true. Well, I mean, on and, the internet, and you also consider like other things that we're involved in. Like you're involved in other podcasts sometimes, right. And like I, I and have other did... other like videos and things <laughs> yeah. like that that I'm on the internet. Arrow for. and yeah. Flash for a while, and so know. like you think about just the sheer number. If somebody wanted to dedicate like 
all like some time to listen to every single recorded word of Chris right. and John Wright, like how, like that would be years. Maybe but we're talking at least we're also we're talking at least um, two hundred hours <laughs> yeah. here with it with this one with this one. And so like I feel like you spend two hundred hours with anybody and you kind of get to know them. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you're there. You we're not really that different. Like off. I mean, you know, I'm sure like everybody has their like bad days or they're like you know different kind of like. Yeah, but we're not. We're no. not. We're not putting on any airs. No, here. not at all. This is, this is 100% real, me and you. <laughs> um, if anything, we're just a little more ra- like rambunctious about it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit louder. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, it's a little maybe bit. Maybe a little. Let's see. What's funny about that is though, like whenever. So I remember whenever, uh, whenever you first started like the job that you're at right now. Yeah. And then like, um, and then like somebody who was listening to the podcast who worked with you or whatever, and mm-hmm. I finally like met him, and he was like, dude, he's like, you're the exact like you're just. You're the exact same as you are on the podcast. You're just like, you're yeah, that well, you're that intense. What did you expect? <laughs> I was like, yeah, and like it's not like this is there's it's not like I'm like putting on airs or anything here. Well, I, I was telling somebody the other day. He was like, uh, I work with. I've been working pretty close with the past like six months, and uh, he was like, uh, um, so what's what's your? I haven't met your brother. What's your brother like? I was like, I don't know. I feel like we're, <laughs> we're pretty similar. Just just take me and then. Amp up the energy by like ten, and he's like, "More energy." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I usually feel pretty like like I'm laid back whenever I'm like around him, and that seems weird because around everybody else, I don't feel like that." That's you know? really funny. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Oh man. Oh, that's. I mean, I I I don't necessarily disagree. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. I mean, that's kind of. But I mean, that's what. That's at least that's, that's the, the 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 perception that I've seen. Like whenever like people finally meet you, it's just like, <laughs> man, John has like w- even more energy than you do. And we thought you had energy. He's a louder, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the the thing I would say is that it's definitely more puns. Like there's definitely more like puns. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so Chris. What have you been up to this week? Is anything uh, else? No, I mean, I, I, we've been rambling about how, like, it was kind of just. I, I mean, I've been the only thing that's different than I don't think I've talked about on the podcast. I've been watching through Parks and Rec. I've never nice. watched that show before, so I haven't either. I watched the first oh, episode man. one time yeah. and then like so bailed. I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I exact same thing. I mean, really. Um, what I found. This is the. Let me tell you my reasoning, and then I'll tell you what I found. Okay. So, like, my reasoning was like behind um why i decided to finally get into it is because like i actually I, I like half hour comedies yeah um and seinfeld office you know things like that and what i friends so I've, we've watched seinfeld through i mean countless times i don't know how many times and i love it i still like yeah I still watch it through sometimes. Like and every then, time, whenever whenever it's on, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great! I'm yeah, gonna watch yeah. it. Um, Friends, uh, I've watched. I watched through last summer, and I was like, man, that's. I was glad I did that. Yeah. And uh, and then um, then I watched The Office for like maybe the third or fourth time at this point. I, mean, I don't remember. <laughs> and then what happened was The Office just kind of got stuck on a continuous loop mm. where I just watched The Office, and I watched it for like a fifth time. Dude, I love I love that there are shows. Just everybody has that show. I mean, Seinfeld's that show for me for sure because it's like I've watched that thing. I mean, I don't even know mm. 10, 12, 15 yep. times. Yep, whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I need. I mean, 
granted, it was like on while I was doing other things. But I'm like, I can do this with another show, and I should just pick another show that I might get into. So I was like, I'll go back to Parks and Rec because everyone yeah. always talks about Parks and Rec. And it was. It was the first episode that just kind of like threw me off. But like, once you get into it, man, this is a great show. Yeah? Yes. So like how many episodes are we talking? Like what's the what's the initial investment? Like you talk about there's some video games where people are like, you get past 12 hours and it's great. And I'm like, no way. Final Fantasy 14. There is no way. <laughs> Not um, a chance yeah. that I'm getting 12 hours into a game before it gets I'm good. I'm still like I tried to muscle my way through Final Fantasy 14. Dude, I, I want like, a game to be nah. good within an hour. At least. I mean – yeah, uh, yeah. At least, I, I, at I least enjoyable. Like at least, like there's gotta be, there's gotta be some sort of a hook where it's like at the See, end of that hour, I have to have a thread of a storyline that I'm, I'm wanting to chase, or like some sort of a thing that I want to level up, yeah, or the, like a gameplay thing that I'm wanting to get into, like a loop. But the problem with Final Fantasy 14 is that the, like there's like it, the story engaged me, but the gameplay was just, <laughs> just mindless. I could, oh, it was, well, it was so tedious and just like exacting and it was just like the whole uh, i mean apparently i haven't made it all the way through it but like the first like first like 10 hours oh, is um is uh is basically a tutorial for the rest of the game that's so wild and it's like why is there a tutorial that's that long so dumb so okay so parks and rec back to parks and rec that's how many rec. episodes like how many how much time I, investment am i gonna have to like oh like put I, in just get in just get like in the first like three or four episodes okay. you'll, you'll like that's not you bad with a half hour show that's not bad the problem is for me like none of the, the characters i didn't really relate to any of the characters in the first episode mm. but like you start really understanding like their motivations and who they are yeah and then you're like okay i get it because i okay now i can relate to tom even though he's a douche bag and i can yeah. like i can relate to ron and i can relate to you know like whoever else and so right right um like you you uh it's a lot it's it's I, I, like and i can't tell if like this is a knock against it yet or a like it feels like a more polished office like greg daniels produced it he produced the office as well so if, and it feels a little more like slick a little more produced and um like more, a little more exact because like you can always feel in the office like in the earlier seasons they're still trying to feel out what should these characters be and you jump into parks and rec and they're pretty just like 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 okay for instance i think in the beginning of the office the characters they're trying still trying to portray them with some sense of normalcy yeah well i mean especially like the first season of which is like basically like Oh, this is like the British office, but it's with these different characters. Right. And you're like, well, why? Why would you do this? Like Dwight isn't like he's still Dwight. Like he still has the like the mannerisms and quirks, but like he doesn't go full Dwight until like you know season three, right? And and just gets and just keeps escalating it. See, Same I think like season three is really where that gets his legs. Like I think everybody kind of knew where they were going in season two. Like it made yeah. it made the shift somewhere in season. I, mean, I don't two. even like watching season one. Yeah, it's I so don't. So uncomfortable. It's really like it's it's yeah, but. This is more like because so that's the office is always like get through season one, right? This and which is only like six episodes, right? Uh, this is more like you know, just get past the first couple, but like so. Well, I guess what I'm saying is like you know, so for instance, on, on the office, Dwight kind of develops into this just like outrageous character, not in the terms of like you don't like him, but like he's just like so far out there, you can still relate to him, but he's just like way over in left field, yeah. Everyone in the office starts in their respective fields. <laughs> like, there's the person over in left field. Like, oh, you mean Ron is on like Parks and Rec? On Parks and Rec, yeah. Sorry, yeah. did I say the office? Yeah, you said the office. Sorry. I got confused. Everyone on Parks and Rec. Yeah. Should I just should I go back and say? No, that? no, no. We're good. We're okay. good. Continue on. Everyone Parks and Rec. Yeah. 
um, set like starts in their respective fields. And so it's like, well, Tom is just ridiculous, you know. Um, yeah. Ron is just ridiculous. Yeah. And so like they're already there. You don't, you don't they don't take you on any kind of journey. I think that's what's off putting at first is that like, mm. these characters are just automatically right off the bat hard to like, relate to. Hard to relate to. But emotionally, they're going to be, like, you can relate to them probably eventually. Yes, yeah. But, like, like a few you episodes, don't know where they're coming from. A few episodes in, you totally get it. Yeah. And, like, okay, now I understand this group. I just didn't in the first episode. Yeah. So, um, and it's it's fun to watch. I mean, and I guess that's just kind of like, it just because it feels like they, the producers and writers came in with a, okay, now we know what works on The Office. Mm-hmm. We know what makes it funny. Mm-hmm. So now let's duplicate it. And do it like we would, like if knowing the information we know now, let's do that's it cool. here. That's cool. And I like so that. that. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. I'll have to give it another shot because, like, it's it's been years, like, since I've I have given it that shot. I think I was still, I think I got, I think I was whenever I was still getting Netflix discs yeah. in the mail. Um, <laughs> that you tried to watch it. Yeah, but it was like it was the one of the only streaming things that they had available at the time. I remember yeah. like it was that in the office or whatever, and I was like, oh, the office is great. Let me watch this, and then I just didn't like it, and I was like, well, I've I've got that disc over there of some other movie or show that I probably watched instead. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, we're getting to be close to the time where we're going to talk about the uh, Star Wars Rebels. But first, the pick of the week. Pick of the week. Episode delayed. All right, Chris. Hit me with your pick of the week. My pick of the week, John, is Star Wars Rogue One. Out now on Blu-ray and digital HD. Wait, I can't do the fanfare. The fanfare wasn't in that movie. No, it wasn't. I picked it up. I picked up the Target version because it comes with an extra DVD. Wait, a DVD? Of special features. Wait, it's a DVD? It's a DVD. Wait, it's a a DVD? Let me tell you (laughs) about the Star Wars Rogue One special edition from Target. (laughs) You pay extra money, so $30 for this Blu-ray. And a DVD? You get a DVD <laughs> of extra features. But they also include, in order to jack up the price, like, ah, well, let's legitimize this, they give you a 3D Blu-ray. I just want the extra features on the DVD. <laughs> for that third dimension, you pay Dude, $30. Don't get me started. Like, <laughs> the 3D no- actually stands for 30D, $30. First of all, no one owns 3D TVs. Very few people. And then an even smaller subset of them actually own the glasses for their 3D TV. Most people do not use the 3D part of their 3D TV. What's really funny about 3D TV, Chris, is that whenever I bought my TV, like, what was that, like three or four years ago at this point, Mm -hmm. um, the current TV I have, I remember that... 3D TVs were basically already on their way out. <laughs> I haven't seen a 3D TV for sale in years. <laughs> at least not where I'm shopping. <laughs> I wonder what Maybe kind of... Maybe they are at Best Buy, but I, they, it must be in a dark corner because I don't see them. What kind of a deal was struck with like the only 3D TV manufacturer where they're like, hey, you better release this in 3D But what TV I don't understand technology. is like... like It's not even like um, they're releasing... It would make more sense for Disney to release Rogue One in 4K HDR mm-hmm. than it would for them to release a 3D Blu-ray with a DVD in it. With a D- <laughs> with a DVD special features. <laughs> the formats that this covers. 
So, I, I mean, I know that, like, it's just, hey, let's throw it all in so we can charge the highest price. <laughs> okay, does it have a DVD copy of the actual movie in it? Yeah, so it comes with okay. a 3D Blu-ray of the movie, the Blu-ray of the movie, the Blu-ray special features, and the DVD of the movie. Oh, man. <laughs> right? Hang on. Let me think. Yes. All, it has five discs. <laughs> and the... Um, and the the DVD version of the, the DVD movie. version of the movie. Oh, well, like so, like the DVD special features, like D- extra like hour special features or something. It's it's like two featurettes <sighs> that aren't included on the Blu-ray. Aren't included on the Blu-ray. They're included <sighs> on this DVD. It's five so discs. <laughs> two of which the which I don't need. <laughs> the three D <laughs> Blu-ray and the DVD of the movie. I wonder. So, like, I wonder. Um, Anyone wants a free 3D version of uh, Rogue One? I wonder if, like... <laughs> Hit me up. I wonder if Target was like, yeah, we want to pay for some exclusive content, but we don't want to play for the Blu-ray version of some, ex- yeah. like, some exclusive content. Let's just get the DVD like, version of it. Let's just hit the lowest common denominator here and just go with uh, DVD. Oh, that's so weird, man. I know. That's weird. Um, so anyway... So uh, that's your I pick th- of the week. That's my, that's my pick of the week. <laughs> I highly recommend the movie. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. There it is. My pick of the week this week, Chris, is uh, a D- another Disney property, but it is uh, the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going into their, the, the third act of this season. Mm. And man, I have to say, like, we were watching an episode the other day, and this thing has gotten, like, dark. And this thing has gotten, like, really intense and amazing, where I was, like, thinking about season one and how horrible... See the first half of season one was, and yeah. then how okay season the second half of that season and season two were, yeah, and then to where we are now, yeah, a few a couple seasons later, and it's like night and day, man. Mm. I don't even like I don't know like the, the way that this one is is this season, it feels. I, I'll lay this out there. It feels the way they're doing it with Act One, Act Two, and Act Three with like three distinct like story arcs within it. It feels like what I kind of want the uh marvel shows or on on netflix to feel like mm. where it's like those feel like they have some pacing issues where like some extra like show uh episodes here and there yeah whereas like this the three acts each one of them i was like my goodness that we are going fast and we are telling lots of story mm. and we are doing intense things huge character changes and i was like man they need to pace those netflix shows like they pace one act of this show right now in this mm-hmm. season. So mm-hmm. hopefully the whole season ends up being as good as the, the first two, but going into this third act it is, it's one of those shows where I'm like, I'm watching this every week. That's so awesome. It's great. That's cool. All right. Yes. It's time. We've wanted to talk about this for a couple of weeks. I mean, probably a month now. Maybe we we're talking about it before episode 200. That's right. Oh, so man, it's been a minute. We've been we've been hard teasing this thing. So Chris. Yep. I mean, there we, is no reason to go into non-spoilers, no, right? No, we're going full spoilers here. Cuz I think like 3 weeks ago, we told the folks, we're going to talk about this next week. Yeah. And then we didn't talk about it last week. So we're here this week to tell you we're talking about it this week. Yeah. So if you haven't watched um, the, the last three episodes of this season, season three of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, and I would argue that the most important one of those is the Twin Suns episode. Twin Suns. Yep. And so, if you haven't watched those, probably give it a watch. Yeah. Um, like you said on that episode, you were like, "Hey, you can catch up. Like, just read some, uh, read a summary of like where we're at now." Right. 
of the season and then go and watch that episode because yeah. it is uh, it is really key to what it's a, it's a Star Wars universe changer. It is. And it feels so weighty. Like it's got weight behind it. Dude. So uh, if you are a Star Wars person at all, mm-hmm. you owe it to yourself mm-hmm. to read up on what's happened so far yep. and then dive into that episode. Yep. Um, obviously, if you're a Star Wars fan and you're not watching Star Wars Rebels, I would say you need to watch Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. So, But if you haven't watched it, go ahead and read up to this point and yep. then go in. I will. Let me say two things. Yeah. Before we jump into spoilers. Okay. We can do a spoiler countdown if we want. Yeah, to. we'll do a spoiler countdown for sure. These three episodes, mm-hmm. this one and then the hour long, I guess, you know. Yeah, so two finale, episodes basically. Um, are literally the most Star Wars thing that Disney animation has ever put out. They rival the movies in my mind, like they are on par with them. Like yeah. if I was going to rank these. With like Rogue One, I put it like on the same level. I mean, in my mind, like in some ways, because of certain things that happen in in one of the episodes, I might put it above. But I I, I might too. I would be but very very tempted to not. These, put, you know, it's like there's no there's this is the most yeah. Star Wars thing Rebels has ever put out. This is the most Star Wars thing that Disney animation like the, you know people like even from Clone Wars. Yeah, like this is the most Star Wars thing that's ever happened especially from a a feeling and from like the presentation yep it definitely is yep on both of them mm-hmm. so we'll just put that out there okay so oh, the spoiler countdown, i rate them 10 out of 10 yeah i i <laughs> i don't disagree with you chris there there are things that i wish so here here's what i'll say yeah there are before the spoilers there are things that i wish i had more of mm-hmm. but no part does that make it not a, a perfect thing right or not perfect, but like an amazing thing. Yeah. We'll say that. Because yeah. there is no, you know, it's not, there's not going to be a perfect thing. I think it's perfect. But in no way do, do the things that I want more of and do I wish that they investigated more of right. or wish that they had maybe an additional scene or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean that it's not the best. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go into spoilers, Chris. Yes. The spoiler countdown, it's going down. Mm-hmm. It's been going down for like a month. Yep. So we're going to spoil this thing. It's going to be the big one. one. (laughs) I mean, it's the big one. In five, four, three, two. What if you give one a really really low one or something like that? At least a tight two, one. (laughs) Throw out a spoiler. Obi-Wan has finally killed Darth Maul. (gasps) For real this time. (laughs) He's not coming back. Oh my goodness, dude! Oh. Okay, so like, we're let's talk for a second. Let's talk first about Twin Sons, and then yeah. we'll talk about the finale. Yeah. Um. So Twin Sons, we've been building up to this all, um, all season. Yeah. And there was uh, an episode earlier that teased this, and this was honestly, I think, the last time it was really teased was um, whenever uh, Maul and Ezra merged the holoc- the Jedi and Sith holocrons, yeah. and they saw a vision of. Tatooine, and um, well, what they saw was they were both seeking something, mm-hmm. and they both saw what the, the other was seeking. Yeah, and so uh, Ezra had these visions of Tatooine, and Maul saw. Didn't he see like uh, what did he see? I think he saw his parents. I or think something? He, think he saw Obi Wan. No, 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 because they saw each other's vision. 
but I thought like Ezra was looking for how to destroy the uh, how to destroy the Empire, and he found out that that uh, he's a child. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. What he saw. That's right. And, he, and so yeah, so like they each got each other's visions. Yep. And it was the same planet. Yep. Which is so strange. Yep. And it was the same kind of key to well, like, the uh, to the visions. Yeah. But but so like um, Maul didn't know right that it was um, Tatooine right. And Ezra didn't have enough context to realize it was either. Right. So they couldn't really communicate that way. Yeah, well, he'd never been there either. Anyway, Maul ended up f- f- figuring it out. He's gone to Tatooine. I love several things about this episode. Oh, man. Um, number one, um, I love the fact that, like, Obi-Wan says, like, whenever Ezra, he's dealing with Ezra, and, and um, Ezra's like, you know, I came here to save you. And he's like, I, n- I was never going to fight him. Yeah. Meaning he was just going to hide from him forever. Yeah. In much the same way, like in the finale, the Bindu was like, they were never, like, they wouldn't have found me except for you, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I love the idea that, because, I mean, we talk about, like, and they talk about in the movie sometimes, you know, the force is cloudy or the, like, you can't really, I don't, I don't know. And like the fact that you can use the force to obscure yourself from view. Yeah. And so people can't find you. Yeah. Is fascinating to me. Yeah, and then there's you know the with Bendu specifically, and with I would I would argue a lot of what like uh, Obi Wan is getting into at this point in in his journey, it's this ultimate like middle where you're like okay, the, you know Bendu is like he doesn't want the the he doesn't want to like embrace the dark side. He doesn't embrace the light side. He's like okay, I'm just gonna like exist and i'm going to exist in the force and be be who i am outside of like your battles with the empire and then whenever you get into the like at this point whenever clone wars whenever uh maul comes back right and he's looking to pick a fight with obi-wan obi-wan's like okay i have to face him he's like i have to do this whereas now in in this state that he's in he's like i don't i don't have to do this i don't i didn't want to do this and now i have to i don't think it's a it's a where he's in the middle kind of thing or obi-wan's in the middle i think it's as you learn more about the force i mean this is this is from the original series as you learn more about the force you learn how it operates and how to utilize it better and so i think obscuring yourself from other people is a further like something you learn further along in the same way that being able to become a force ghost is something that you learn yeah like like that's something that is taught. It's a skill. It's a skill. Yeah. And so, like, that's like okay. As you uh, uh, mature in your your journey with the force, and you then you choose. Then as a separate thing, you choose whether you're going to be light, dark, or in the middle. Right. Well, you, you know? think about the obscuring thing. You have the ultimate uh, obscure of uh, Emperor Palpatine. Like yeah. Whenever he was, you know, Chancellor he, Palpatine. The fact back that in the he day. even existed, like they didn't even know until Maul shows up. Right. I went back recently and watched episode one. Like after oh I watched goodness. Twin Sons, I watched episode one. It's wild. And you know, I was like, like it's it's fun. It was cool going back to the beginnings and our first like introduction to Darth Maul. Yeah, definitely. And, and after after having watched that, um, so one thing I wanted to talk about, which I can't find right now. Give me two seconds. Absolutely. There's some stuff like I've been doing some like lots of reading and, and like watching between the episodes, like after this episode. So I will say at the end of this episode, I was both shocked and I was kind of like, I felt a little bit empty because you think about like whenever, whenever you finish a long story, like where you finish like a big 
book, like a Lord of the Rings thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you've been spending months with these characters. You're you're reading about them and you're learning about them. I felt that way about Maul, and I felt yeah. that way about the Maul and uh, and Obi Wan story. And so, I it's not like I disliked the ending because I love the ending. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's perfect um, as far as like from a narrative standpoint of what what is occurring and what happened. But at I was kind of sad that it was over. Well, you know, it's like you think about the big, the ultimate struggle, and you think about like, oh man, it's amazing to get to the end of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But then it's also sad right. at the same time because you're leaving it behind and you're leaving that storyline behind and yeah. that sort of thing. So that's how I felt. It. I felt at the end of this. So immediately, whenever I experienced those types of feelings about something, I'll. I want to consume more. So I dove into like interviews with, mm-hmm. with, uh, with the creators and interviews with people mm-hmm. and like different analysis of the episode and stuff. And, and, and so that was really helpful. So I dove right into, you know, some of that stuff and man, I don't know. It's, it's perfect. So like the, my response to it, I tweeted this to uh, Fultron who was a uh, friend of the show. As, <laughs> as Literally else. on last week and the week before and the week before, I think no, no, uh, two, two weeks, weeks before. before. Yeah. Uh, I said, um, my heart and emotions were sad. After it's all over, you know, and the credits are playing, I sat back and I thought, like, my heart and emotions were satisfied. I was satisfied emotionally. I was like, that was awesome. But but my mind was thinking that was the big, like, big showdown. Yeah. And I really couldn't reconcile that, like, why I felt satisfied, but also... Like I was like, my mind was like, that should have been much bigger. <laughs> but then like my heart was like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Until I read the interview like with uh, that um, Dave Filoni did with Gizmodo. Um, and so I'll just read some quotes from here. Yeah. Um, where he's like, I felt strongly Obi-Wan, if he could help it, would rather really rather not kill Darth Maul. Obi-Wan is at a point in my mind where he's become rather enlightened. He's been in the desert discovering who he is, really evolving as a character. He's not that young, brash kid that went to a fight with Maul out of anger for the fact that his master was killed. It can't be the same situation and uh, this is so many years later. Maul, for his part, is pretty much hung up on that exact moment. That's where his life went wrong. He can't let go. It really is to express the difference between the Jedi and the Sith, which is the Jedi become selfless and the Sith remain selfish. When pressed, because Obi-Wan is protecting someone else in the end, he does fight. But because he is so true and knows who he is in that moment, you can't defeat that. So Obi-Wan is going to strike down Maul because Maul is such a broken and lost person, which is why in the end you see Maul being cradled by Obi-Wan. This idea that Obi-Wan is willing to forgive this person who is so cruel and terrible because he feels pity for him. To his dying breath, Maul is hoping there will be some revenge exacted upon his enemies. In my mind, Obi-Wan expresses sadness there because that means that Maul has never grown and will never be released from his suffering. So I felt that moment had to be beyond a lightsaber fight and had to be more an expression of their characters. That's deep. Dave Filoni, man. So deep. Dave Filoni. And then he goes on and he says, Maul tries to get Obi-Wan with a very similar move as he gets Qui-Gon, which is he blocks and uses the blunt of his hilt to smack Qui-Gon in the face. So that illustrates what he just said, moving, using this, he's in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had Maul try to do the same thing to Obi-Wan again, to show, but to show growth. Obi-Wan is ready for that and slices it right in half. Mm-hmm. That slicing of the lightsaber hilt is to represent Maul being sliced. But um, So, yeah. Dude, it's... Uh, the level... And from all the interviews that I've read with like with, with Dave Filoni, um, the level... And I've said this on the podcast before. like The level at which he loves and embraces his knowledge of Star Wars... Yeah. And utilizes it to tell these stories and to, mm-hmm. to to double down on the important 
storylines yeah and you know kind of like okay let's push this one off to the side you know it it amazes me and it, yeah. it makes me trust him with these characters and yeah, this universe for sure um yeah I mean, I mean to the point where like that makes that such a more beautiful ending not in the fact like i'm glad that maul died but it's just like mm. if that like knowing knowing that those are that's where those people are that's where obi-wan is and that's where maul is yeah the outcome at that point almost becomes inevitable. Right. And I think that's great writing. Mm -hmm. That's great storytelling mm -hmm. where you think about there is no inconsistency in the way that this played out at all. Right. Like there's no other way that this could, should have or could have gone. No. At this point. If, if these people, we not like, because we know so much about them at this point. Yeah. So much about Maul and even more about Obi-Wan. Yeah, and if for all for all other things to be, it's like a math problem. It's like for all these things to be true. Yeah, what does this one variable have to be? Yeah, what and is they the all end? points to the same thing. What's the sum? What's yes. the, What's what's the sum of all these these numbers and calculations? Yes, and this is it. Yes, and I loved that 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 was the vibe that I got at the end of the episode. It was it was kind of one of those things that, like you mentioned earlier, I wished it was longer mm -hmm. because there were there were some interviews with him that he talks about where he's like, you know, at one point we had a a, a, a small little shot of Ezra here where he explained you know this or yeah, explained yeah. that. Like there's some deleted scenes, and in, in fact, I was watching um, the Rebels Recon episode. They mm -hmm. do uh, a behind the scenes kind of episode after after every single mm -hmm. Rebels episode, um, and he said this is. This is an episode that they had the most deleted scenes on ever. What's to me like? Why not just make it an hour long? And I think like it, it, like I said earlier, it's like left to his own devices. He probably would have, or if if they had had the you know the go ahead, maybe yeah. they would have. Um, I think in some there was an interview I was reading with him where he was talking about how this story, like he asked he he asked people, he's like, okay, so in the mainline movies, is there any like is there any uh, like, are we going to do this? Are we going to do... Are you guys planning on doing you, a, a well, mall? Said, yeah, are you going to do use mall? He went to them and was like, are you going to use mall? They're like, no. Yeah, and so he was, like, he was like, okay, I have to. Yeah. You know, he's like, I have to tell the story. Well, I like the, I like the reasoning behind it. He's like, well, I felt like, you know, if they're not going to do anything with him, and since I'm the one who brought him back, yeah. I have a responsibility to end his story. Yeah, and in lots of lots of ways, like, I mean, this is... Uh, this character, he... he grew this character other than episode one, you yeah. know, where he wasn't involved necessarily with that character creation then. But I mean, him and George Lucas brought yeah. <laughs> Maul back in the clone wars. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, you know, has this responsibility to kind of finish it. Um, and this is the perfect ending to it. This is the, like you said, the most star Wars thing, because mm -hmm. it takes all of this lore, it takes all of this, mm -hmm. this, this mythology of the thing mm -hmm. and wraps it into a small tangible, moment and yeah. conflict yeah i and down to like just the way he did it, like dave filoni talks about he's like this was such a special episode that from the point that ezra enters the desert i storyboarded the rest of it myself yeah because i felt like for something that was of such importance that i needed to be hands-on and really involved with it yeah and i like have the utmost respect for that you know it's yeah. like not because he doesn't trust his team but where he's like mm -hmm. if this is my thing yeah like i'm going to do this um, and it's more of an artistic vision. It felt like. Yeah. Um, I loved the way that it ended with like there was no like like the star right. like the rebels theme. It was yeah. the like it was Star Wars. Yeah. It and wasn't it, this triumphant was, like it wasn't this like a twist on a triumphant theme. Music. You know. It. But it was. Yeah. You're right. It was. It was Star Wars. Yeah. 
And uh, so let's talk about for a second the, the, the universe changing part of this. Okay. So before he dies, Maul realizes that Obi-Wan is there protecting someone. Mm-hmm. Faces off with him, is dying, um, and he just asks him, is he the chosen one? And Obi-Wan says, yes. Uh, well, the exact, yeah, the exact quote, I pull it up. Um, it's mentioned that Obi-Wan is watching over someone. Um, I don't know necessarily he says necessarily he says yes, but uh, he says, uh, the ch- he's, he says, he's the chosen one, he says, he'll avenge us all. Like, and that's what Maul that's says. That's what Maul says. Yep. And, um, that is heartbreaking, first of all. It's heartbreaking. It's, and, <laughs> Like and I also I also want to like read into it a lot where it's like what well man like Maul he's like a relic from like a different age like think yeah. about it like he came he was a Sith under Palpatine mm-hmm. before any of this went down the Clone Wars all that kind of stuff yeah and now he is just a broken person on a desert planet yeah in the middle of nowhere and uh, like. Palpatine's off. He's like running the empire, and you know his adversary who like killed him in the first place is hiding. He like it was just like such a like where did where did my life go wrong? What is happening? Kind of yeah. thing. Like he's kind of aimless and pointless. At this we point. think about whenever we meet him for the first time in this season. He's hiding out on his homeworld, Dathomir, mm-hmm. um, in the cave that the uh, witches of Dathomir, right. which are force sensitive. Uh, witches <laughs> uh on this on this planet um he's hiding out there but they've been destroyed like all of in at the in clone wars um basically Palpatine and uh and Dooku end up wiping out the entire civilization that Maul is a part of um yeah. like the force sensitive Dathomir people and so he's hiding out in this place like to and, and so he is rooted yeah in that like his past in this in this revenge in this hatred in this this place where he will never forget what happened to his people yeah and to him yeah and that's so intense man well even when you think back to back to the beginning of like whenever we see him in episode one like one of his few very few lines whenever Palpatine is like hey go to go to Tatooine get the queen bring her to back to Naboo and get her to sign the treaty. He, and he was like, finally, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, all he's really wanted to do, he's wanted, you know, to fulfill, like, a, at least his version, or maybe it's p- something of uh, a future that Palpatine has sold him. Mm-hmm. That's probably more probable. Yeah, because Palpatine was the ultimate liar, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and manipulator. Yep. And... Like maybe he's trying to achieve whatever that is, yeah. And that never came to be. He never like achieved what he wanted to. And even to the point where, like in the Clone Wars, he gets uh, he trains a, a another Dathomir person to be his apprentice, mm-hmm. where he thinks he's the the ultimate Sith now, mm-hmm. right? And and he tries to do the same thing again, mm-hmm. where they reveal themselves to the uh, like in order to get his revenge on mm-hmm. the the Jedi. But they try to do the, that same sort of thing, where it's like we're gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal myself to the Jedi and to the, and to my previous master right. and like all this and so like he's constantly going for that same. Same thing. Like, that's just his dream. Yeah. Um, back to the, the Chosen One stuff. Yeah. So now what, what the universe-changing part of it is, 
it is now revealed that in Obi-Wan's mind, Anakin is not the chosen one, which lines up with like the end of Revenge of the Sith, where he's like, you were supposed to be the chosen one. Yeah. You were supposed to put an end to the Sith or bring balance to the not Force. Not join them. Yeah, not join them. And uh, he now believes Luke Skywalker is the chosen one, which mm-hmm. shifts everything now. We're like, okay, if Anakin wasn't the chosen one, and if Luke is the chosen one, then extrapolate that forward to our timeline in the numbered sequels. Mm-hmm. So episode eight's about to come out. Yeah. What, like that puts, makes Luke's actions in episode eight a lot heavier and a lot weightier. Potentially. And mean a lot more. Well, you think about, you know, uh, so there was an interview with Dave Filoni with right. IGN where he talks a little bit about this. Right. Um, and we've talked earlier in the podcast, we talked about how there are like, there are, there are essentially cloudiness in the force. Yeah. And, and so Dave Filoni, let me see where, where he says, I'll read, read a quote here. Um, he says, I'll give you this. I heard from the crew that it was being debated about when Obi-Wan says that he is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. He says, I think you have to understand that in that moment, after the terrible loss of Anakin in Obi-Wan's eyes, that Anakin is not the chosen one to Obi-Wan Kenobi and that Obi-Wan is hoping that that boy is our last hope, that Luke Skywalker is the chosen one. He says, I always wonder about the chosen one and the mythology of the chosen one because it's clear. George will tell you that Anakin is, in the end, the chosen one. And the Jedi say, at one point, maybe this is a prophecy that's been misread. Yoda says in Revenge of the Sith, I think in a way that nobody understood what was going to take, uh, what was going to take for the chosen one to achieve his goal, this selfless path. And he says that it's, it's not that he was going to come as a warrior and destroy the Sith. Obi-Wan says you were supposed to destroy the, uh, destroy the Sith, not join them, but we're not thinking in the right way. It's really the selfless act of his son to go before the emperor, to throw away his weapon that inspires the selfless act in his father. That's the core of the whole idea of the Chosen One. It's just that Anakin is close enough to the Emperor in the end to actually do it, and the Emperor can't see this selfless action. In these things that I'm saying about Anakin and Luke are more close to Obi-Wan and how things go with Maul. He says that they are, uh, let me finish the quote here, he says, they're kind of types of brothers, Obi-Wan and Maul. Unfortunate brothers in a way. That theme of brotherhood is there in Maul uh, when he had his other brother we know uh he says i think it's more appropriate to end things in that way with obi-wan and get a real glimpse of obi-wan kenobi as a person so that's all the stuff about uh about the chosen one they talked about where he talks about basically that basically luke is could like could be the chosen one right i mean and that and that you know like I, I and I find this interesting. Rather than like a lot of a lot of people find this like as either inconsistent or disrespectful to the original trilogy or to George Lucas or something like that. But like, like it or not, this isn't George Lucas's baby anymore. You know this, this is universe, accurate. and I don't think it should be. You know, like it's more like Star Wars has grown beyond George Lucas, and it grew beyond George Lucas a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, he was the the driving force behind the stories. But in terms of the passion for yeah. it and who's like keeping this universe alive in their hearts and minds, it was the fans and it's people who like it's, it was the people who started writing the uh, expanded universe fiction that brought back, you know, yeah. spurred on the creation of the sequel prequels and all that kind of stuff. And so it's it's been beyond George Lucas for a while. And I, 
And as any good literature is, mm-hmm. or any good writing, fiction, whatever is, it's up for interpretation. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you think about Ernest Hemingway. I, I love Ernest Hemingway because um, he's his whole thing is like, whatever the shortest way, shortest amount of words you can use to say something, you should say it that way. Yeah. Meaning something he writes, one sentence can mean about five different things. Yeah. And make five different points. Mm-hmm. And I think that whenever you take the story of Star Wars as a whole and you're talking about things like that Dave Filoni is like referencing there, it's like, sure, maybe in the original, like just like, you know, purest form, George's chosen one was always Anakin and this was an Anakin story and Mm -hmm. like the prequels were an Anakin story and Mm -hmm. the, the original series was an Anakin story and he's the chosen one brings balance to the force. But now that we've moved past that, moved beyond that. And if you're saying there's balance in the force in episode seven, there's not balance in the force. No, not at all. And moving forward through that, at this point, Luke has to be the chosen one or else you have no hope. Yeah. If that prophecy, again, you go back to what he was just saying, if that prophecy is even true in the first place. And he says that Yoda in, in Revenge of the Sith, yes. Yoda even posits that maybe it was misread. Maybe we've misread it. Yeah, and the whole force is cloudy. And he, he asks him even in episode one, he says, is, you know, what's the boy's future? And he says, it's cloudy. Yeah. Yeah, and, but, and you, it's cloudy, much fear I see in him. Right, know? and you think about you know, Dave, one Sensing of the reasons him. that I, I trust Dave Filoni with like this, these types of stories and these huge weighty stories is that he's saying that in order for Anakin to become the chosen one, Luke, and do the selfless act, Luke has to be, Luke the, chosen has to be the chosen one to do the selfless act yeah. that yeah. inspires his father to do the selfless act. And so he's saying basically, like you were saying about you know, Ernest Hemingway, where it's like, okay, you say one thing, it can be five different ways, but it doesn't mean that those five things aren't true. Like not right. like one of those things. Not being in true, that truth. Not in that truth is relative, but like right. that there is interpretation here. Right, and that at any moment, you know, it's like in this specific instance, like in any moment, like you can have Luke be the chosen one. You could take a snapshot of another moment and say, well, he wouldn't be there if it weren't for Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. So would Obi Wan be the chosen? You know, and so like you kind of go from there. Where it's like. Luke is probably in his mind, in Obi-Wan's mind, the chosen one. Right. And you think about what the interactions that he had with him in A New Hope. Yep. And like all of that leads to the same thing. Right. And so we were talking about the uh, the math equation where it's like you end up with these moments and it's like, okay, so it couldn't have ended a different way for Maul and for Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't think that you could have landed on any other phrase for him to use about Luke right. and for any other idea for him to think about Luke. Like you're doing essentially a reverse math equation or like the way he treated him in a new hope was as if Luke was the chosen one. Yeah. And so in this moment he has to say he's the chosen one. He is the chosen one. Well, that, and that's, and I mean, why else would he protect him with his life and protect him the way he did and give you know, give up his life to Vader in order to not only help him get off the, the the Death Star, but also then that made him, I mean, you know, if you strike me down, I will become even more powerful. Yeah. And where he can then commune with with uh, Yoda and Luke in the spirit form, mm-hmm. you know. Um, why else would he go through all that if he didn't believe that Luke Skywalker was the chosen one? I know we don't bring that, like, really terminology into the, in until the prequels, but now, like, that's the thing with Star Wars. Yeah. And I've said this before, I think I said this with Rogue One, where it's like, sure, 
like the, like some movies I watch, I'm like, okay, that's just a bad movie, and I can just discount the whole thing because I don't like it, mm-hmm. you know. But with Star Wars, it's kind of like, like it or not, this is the story, mm-hmm. and you can either choose to be engaged in it or choose not to be engaged in it. Choose to like it and choose not or choose not to. And like I don't like I don't know how people who like or say like, well, oh, I just pretend the prequels don't exist. How how at this at this level at this point. Can you even do that? Because well, I mean, everything's so intertwined. You can do that if you want. Like you can choose to do that, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't ex- like it doesn't mean that that's true. You know, it doesn't right. mean that it doesn't exist. If it that's the mean- canon now, that's the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think about even Clone Wars. Like a lot of people kind of wrote off Clone Wars because they're like, "Oh, that's not that's not real or that's not true or whatever." But it's like it is, and it, and especially in this story with Maul, especially like Maul is all throughout. Mm-hmm. that story that they t- were telling in the clone wars like there's whole you can go through and watch just the mall episodes and it would be intense and dark and really heavy mm-hmm. and uh it's a wonderful story like it's yeah. worth doing oh yeah for sure i mean it's just interesting the implications that all this has agreed and moving forward into uh, moving the, forward. the new episodes. And, and what gives me hope moving forward is the fact that things like Saw Gerrera were included in um, uh, Rogue One, as well as we now, like in one of these interviews, Ave Filoni uh, makes the point that Hera is the General Syndulla that they're talking about in Rogue One right. that we hear. And Confirmed. Chopper, Chopper's there. And they call out that um, it's the IGN article. I'll, po- I'll post both the, these articles at staintargetpodcast.com. Definitely worth reading both of them. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll probably tweet them out too, just because it's like that makes it more accessible. Yeah. Um, they uh, they ask him about okay, well, obviously before Rogue One, <laughs> Lu- um, Kanan and Ezra, something has to happen there. Because otherwise, whenever Luke shows up, they'd be like, "Hey, uh, we have these other two Jedi over here. You should probably talk to. You probably, uh, you probably get along pretty well, you know that kind of thing." So obviously, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And so, like, what? Why? I also like his answer was really cagey and hilarious. Oh yeah, he was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, I guess he's like, oh, I wonder what happens." Yeah. Um, Moving on. Okay. To the next, are we we through with the twin sons? I think so. Like, I mean, as far as like, I I hope that maybe on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, they release some of these like concept art for yeah. the cutscenes or like whatever whatever I mean, they cut well, out. Let's just see the whole scenes. Well, I know that like okay, so they probably would didn't do all of the like rendering pre- on them. Previs. Yeah. So like so it might be so they did some lost episodes of Clone Wars because like whenever uh, Disney right. bought Clone Wars, they right. canceled the show on 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 Cartoon Network. Yeah. But they released like three or four episodes uh, that were already in like storyboarding phase, and so yeah. I feel like they may do that with some of these extra scenes because. Um, I just want to see what else is in there. And and mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have had to be that much longer. Maybe an extra like five, ten minutes. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's you only have a certain amount of time on, yeah. on TV there. So. I mean, uh, like uh, to that point, like the one thing, like, you know, you walk away from that episode, you're like, man, I wish I had this, like wish we had more Obi-Wan. But then like I got to thinking, I'm kinda glad because whenever there was that Obi-Wan um issue of the comic, they kind of just like revealed the same thing. That he's just there looking over and watching over Luke. Yeah. So we, we knew that. We knew where he was and what he was doing. Yeah. And they, that didn't really change. Yeah. And so I think that they still left open, like, 
there's the potential for an Obi Wan Kenobi movie here for sure, which is what everybody wants for sure. And Ewan McGregor wants it, <laughs> and Ewan McGregor wants it. I think, dude, I think we will get it. I just don't know when. In the uh, in the Rebels Recon episode uh, yeah. about this episode, they talked about how like if you'd watched the uh, Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. uh, special features, mm-hmm. that um, they overlay. Uh, Alec Guinness's face with Ewan McGregor's face and mm-hmm. their facial structure and their nose and their eyes. It's it's uncanny how similar they are. Wow. Um, and they're like, so it was easy in this episode mm. to bridge the gap between like what would have been a Clone Wars era uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi to an Alec Guinness A New Hope mm. uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was easy to kind of merge their facial features together and like create this in-between face. Mm-hmm. You know, and they even referenced how he's a few years younger than he, we saw him in A New Hope. But it's like, you know, in, in fact, they went into, into depth on like, why is, there, why is he aged more at this point? Like, mm-hmm. why is the, does it seem like he's aged at an advanced rate mm-hmm. and uh and they talk about how like it, you know he's basically communing with the force and and he's on this planet just kind of uh, talking to yoda and talking to to his other masters and things like that so that much time is and and the the weight of the force and the state of the 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 universe is weighing on him and, and that's so why luke looks way he does right so he's super like basically i mean he whenever he went into exile him and yoda like that's why you see yoda and he's yeah, gone yeah. crazy over time yep, you're right so I mean, you have you have this the weight of the darkness in the universe is mm. weighing on them all. Mm. That's interesting. It's wild, man. All right, moving into the last episode of the season, the season finale. Oh man, this episode was amazing. Okay, so like we won't we won't go as in depth because I don't think no. we have to. No, but man, like whenever I'm talking about, we move from Twin Suns into this, where it's like there are two separate ep- episodes, but like still, this was one of the most Star Wars things that we've had happen. Yes, cinematography was amazing. So many cool visuals. There's multiple things going on at a time. Multiple things. This like one of the best space battles. <laughs> Agreed. Um, one of the best assaults. Yeah. Like this is this was more war footage than Rogue One. Agreed. Which is what we thought Rogue One was gonna be. Yeah. And um, we had we had Star Wars moments like whenever uh, there was like some callbacks to the original trilogy. Like mm. whenever Kanan is running through those tunnels and he's like. Go this way, and then they hit some stormtroopers. Like, nope, nope, go the other way. Yep. And they re- re- so, nope. You know, like <laughs> it's like that's Han and everybody running through the halls of the uh, the Death Star, and they're like, nope. Uh, when Han runs on the thing, he comes running yep. back. You know, and they're all chasing him. Speaking of Rogue Rogue One, at the in this episode, we saw the uh, the Death Troopers or whatever they were yeah. called from Rogue One. Yep, saw the Death Troopers, which was awesome. It was an awesome call call out. Um, so this is before Rogue One, technically. Yeah, and I liked. I, I was thinking this before I read it, so like it wasn't like he, he did a good job, I guess, portraying what he he was meaning. But like Dave Filoni was talking, like wanted the Death Troopers with Thrawn um, to be like okay, like to illustrate the seriousness. Like he he's like I need the elite soldiers, need the Death Troopers. You yeah, know? like this is my plan. How like how deep his plan goes. Um, but even, yeah, even from the beginning, you know, it's just like. There's an ambush, and like I love the gravity wells. I hope those show up somewhere. Like, yeah. What's funny is that they they like because they were more of a creation, I guess, in Clone Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, I don't so I, almost I, almost well, like so a, like, a beta tested try, thing. I, well, I'm trying to remember if they were a a creation of the EU or the Clone Wars. I feel like they were. It was EU, is what I might have been. 
and he brought and, and they told, brought him in. Yeah, because um, that's what Thrawn was too. Yeah, that's what you know, Thrawn is, and and he even you know in some interviews with Dave Filoni, he was talking about how he was nervous about bringing him in, mm-hmm. like back. Well, the nervous. He's, of he's like, I wanted to get him right, the voice, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I'm interested to see like the Thrawn book comes out. Doesn't that come out in May? It does. It comes out very soon, and so yeah. I'm interested like investigate that character more. Yeah, and to see like I don't know if that's gonna be a prequel to this or if that takes place. In the the years between Rebels and um, Episode Four, like what happens? But yeah, um, the, there was the 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 so the, so the space battle, the bombardment. Um, I love seeing that ship get pulled out of, of hyperspace. Oh, that was so crazy, cool. um, and I think they did it. That this was more more like um, made us understand it a little bit more. I don't know, like the, you know how they uh, the Starship Enterprise gets pulled out of. Um, how what are they what are they a call different it? universe what, what of, uh, of what do they call of, it in Star Trek? Geekdom, but uh I the warp? Warp yeah, warp, warp, nine, warp speed, yeah, warp, light speed, yeah, whatever. Warp. So it's pulled out of warp. Yeah. And like the way it just kinda like pulls out of this tube, yeah. like which is, which was cool. Um like this the way that they both treat it, like I guess the differences are kinda cool. Right. Well, this is more like like they go in, they, they kind of like there's all these just lights happening, and they get dumped back out. Right, you know? like, like they basically like pull a string on the on the back of them uh-huh, and go, and nope, go, you're not going you know? anywhere. Yeah, and they come back out at the same speed, like almost, right. you know, like so. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, and so the the bombardment, you know, when Harris stand there and everything's just hitting the shield. Yeah, like that was crazy. I mean, the stress that I felt whenever Kanan was outside of the shield oh and gosh, like was dude. on his way back, I was uh, who I was I was gritting my teeth. The other side of this that I the, one of my favorite things in the episode was shortly after that was whenever uh, whenever Bindu went like completely like yeah. got mad at Kanan yep. and yeah. and just did like. Scorched Earth. Like, let's just get get rid of all these people off my planet. Yeah, like the the <laughs> thing that I like about like what I find interesting is that I think like you think back to like the like episode one, mm-hmm. two when there's so many Jedi. I think like they take all the focus and the attention because they are the the most powerful and most public force wielders. Mm-hmm. But every, everybody else kind of gets, you know, f- flies under the, the radar. Yeah, you think about, like, I was talking about the witches of Dathomir before. Yeah. It's like, you have them, you, and then, you they, know, there was a couple episodes of Clone Wars that had, like, the Mortis gods. Right. And, like, the, the Bindu, like, or Bindu and the Bins, I guess, is their, like Dave Filoni's calling them. So, I guess it's, it's a race. Um, but it's like wild. they exist out there and there's a thing and, but we just don't hear about him cause like the Jedi are taking all the attention, you know, like, yeah. but now he plays a major, major role in this battle. Yeah. And like, is it, these are, this is stuff that we haven't seen before. This is like, like this guy can, can, he can conjure up an entire storm using the force. Mm-hmm. That's insane. It's so wild. And like he projects like his face into the cloud. But he and was like, actually, he was up there. Yeah. Remember, he was, was in shooting. there. He, yeah. It's like, it's, it's, did he turn into the cloud, or was he just in the cloud? Like, did the wind pick him up And then to... where did he go at the end? Is he dead and he's a force ghost now, or is he just out there somewhere? Well, he was laughing at transport? the end. That's true. He was laughing. He's still there, dude. Well, I mean, immediately, uh, he could be a force ghost, because whenever um, That's right, cause Vader the, uh, strikes down Obi-Wan, immediately he talks to Luke. Yep, and his body disappears. And tells him to run. Yeah, and his body disappears. So, like, whatever that is, yep. where you, I guess it's finally, you just give up your body for the force ghost thing 
<laughs> Who knows? I mean, we don't really understand that either. I mean, give me the uh, this uh, scientific breakdown of Force Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do some research. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I, I loved the idea of that. I loved. So, so you mentioned it being like a unique idea. It really is. Like where I, I think about this from the Empire's perspective, where they're like, "Oh, we're just we're taking out some rebels. We're gonna like," go. and they go down there, and there's this creature. Yeah, yeah. There's just this. Thing there that like, is what that is conjuring a storm, talking to them from the clouds. Yeah, and and Thrawn, whenever he in his terror says, "Everybody unload on that thing," yeah. and it allows the rebels to get away while he's distracted by whatever this power is. Dude, like, and that's like your worst nightmare. This is like a horror movie where you're like, like, what have we gotten ourselves into? Yeah, it's like you, it's it's like the alien, but like I, where you land on this planet, you unsuspecting, and it's like, oh. And I still love the idea of the fact that he just exists in the middle yeah where like uh harris says something to kane where she's like you know is your something about like some friend and he's like i don't know you know like basically he's like i don't know if he's a friend he's just, he's he's just here yeah. you know like <laughs> he's like oh, we're gonna find out you know yeah, it's like he, we're gonna find yes. out what he'll do because yeah, she's like gonna, is he coming to help and he's, he's like we'll help, find yeah. out yeah that's what it was <laughs> and it's and like, like okay and it's like and, and in <laughs> whatever some it is ways, you poke the beast right you know? and like in some way it's like you you know that he's kind of after kanan yeah. but he's also after everyone else yeah, he's too. just mad at this yeah point. it's like he's just angry he's gotta survive his anger i still love also like with thrawn like how how thrawn as as relatable as that character is and as vicious as that character is bendu was able to like disarm him and like see into his inner self there at the end it didn't so the only one he's the only character who's been able to yeah. cut through the outer coolness and the outer calculating mess that is thrawn and poke him true didn't didn't bendu say that almost same thing to someone else though i'm Ooh. trying to remember, like didn't he say i see your end and was talking about I think so. Was he talking about? Was he talking to Kanan? I don't remember. <sighs> I cannot remember who he was talking. Like which one he was talking. I think he must have been talking to Kanan because Kanan's almost the only one who has talked to him. And um, I may be wrong, but I feel like that happened. It could have been whenever Maul, it happened. Though, I was like, man, too. I th- oh, because didn't I mean Maul? No, no, he hid before Maul came. He did hide before Maul came. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think. Or did he? Did he talk to Maul? I don't know. Before. I- I'm gonna have to go back and watch all of these episodes. No, I again. think he talked to Maul because didn't Maul get there, talk to him, and then he drew Kanan out there. Maybe Kanan talked to Bindu, then he disappeared before Maul showed up. Interesting. Maybe I, I'll have to go back and rewatch that episode because I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember, so don't quote me on it. But, but I think you're right. I think he did say something very similar where he's like he he saw their death. It's like I see your end. Yeah. You no, know? and uh, but it's it's amazing how much that upset Thrawn. Oh yeah. Well. This, um, this cloud creature this upset, upset you. This is true. You, uh, you, you're gonna take out these rebels, and you find that there's a powerful, you know, cloud creature. <laughs> Very <laughs> powerful, super strong guy, and it's like, oh, I gotta yeah. take him out. <laughs> yeah. Um. I loved the the use of Mon Mothma, hmm. and um, like everything feels like it's coming together for the rebellion in terms of like. We're like they're heading to Yavin. Yeah, you and know, it, and it does feel like so. I love the explanation that she had for Ezra about why she couldn't come. Yeah, and I thought like, well, that makes sense within this universe. That feels like that's a that's a move that she would make. Well, especially right now where it's like, I I think that the thing I love about the uh, of Star Wars Rebels and, the, and then kind of like it transfers into um, Rogue One is like 
this is still like until Rogue One, basically, this is a band of people who like they have not all of them have really even chosen to fight. Yeah. They're just there because um they dislike the Empire. Yeah, or that this situation is better it. for them than it would be if they were with the Empire. Right. And so it's the show has done a really good job of of showing like this is a fragile thing and we're just kind of trying to hold this together by shoestrings, you know, like this is not this, like this is not the rebellion of return of the Jedi. That's right. Or, or even like uh, empire strikes back. Like, I mean, they're all on Hoth and, you know, embedded I mean, in the, here and they've had other I mean, battles in between. They're, they're kind of on the there. run at that. But yeah, I mean, I th- the, yeah, at that point, the, yeah, I guess they're pretty, you know, consolidated where they're like, you know, they're doing their thing. Um, you're right. We just don't see it. They, they just referenced a lot of things. Right. It's that whole like, oh, this other stuff happened. Didn't yeah. see it, but it happened. Yeah. Um, and I find that like this, this is a very convincing buildup where it's like you don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, put all of your pieces into saving them right now. Mm-hmm. And like I loved the the explanation that she had there because it it was the same unity of character between her now Rogue One and then moving into you yeah. know a New Hope. Well, I mean, and this another thing that made it a very like Star Wars thing, like you referenced Hoth, is like you know. <laughs> Same thing happened to Hoth. They show up, Empire shows up, and you got to evacuate and get out. Like yeah. this is the same kind of story. And ain't nobody coming to save you. Walkers came in, like just like before. There's no Bindu. There's no There's no Bindu on Hoth. <laughs> but Hoth is his own beast. Oh man, yeah. You, you, all you get there is the uh, is the the Tauntauns and the uh, what is it? Uh, Free, freezing below. Yeah, the the weather basically. <laughs> the dying Tauntauns. But yeah, like. Man, I loved this this ending, and I like I'm really looking forward to like season four. Is it or is it five? No, this is three. Yeah, so, so season, season four. four. I, it's amazing how much ground they cover in, in small amounts of time. Yeah, and like that's the only thing. Again, like I I enjoyed this two part episode because it was too. It actually didn't it didn't feel rushed. A lot of this stuff feels rushed. You know, um, you don't get any kind of like downtime. It just it's it starts and it goes. There's no. There's no um, flow to it. Yeah, and I think in one of the interviews uh, with with Dave Filoni, he was referencing how like the Trials of the Dark Saber is a very like paced out episode. That one feels right as far as like what right. story you're trying to tell in the time. And he was like talking about how like they had a huge debate in the writers' room about whether to have a B side to that story. And he was like, No, no, no. This is this is the story. Yeah, because, I'm going mean, to need all the minutes that you have for when this. you're telling you know compelling stories. It's hard to. You know, be like, hey, I well, I can do this in fifteen minutes, or actually, right. with 20, it's a twenty-two episode minute episode, so it's like I can do this in eleven minutes. That's not much time, right? At especially, all. especially emotional change. Like, no. I mean, as far as uh, as far as like, oh, this person attacks and we resolve it. Like, yeah. so those episodes usually play out fine, yeah. but it's the ones where you're showing like the deep kind of changes and character things and they do that and i'm amazed that they can do it in that amount of time sometimes i'm amazed that i've gone you know from an emotional state of like zero to ten in 22 minutes yeah and it's masterful work but it's like i really do wish it was an hour-long episode and it could breathe a little bit more Mm -hmm. i know in in uh in clone wars they used to do like three episode arcs Mm -hmm. like as they got into like season three and i I really wish they would start doing here i i agree maybe not three maybe two but yeah that works better. Right. I mean, I, I, I agree where it's like, give this, some of this some time to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, the finale, the two, uh, the, the yeah. two episode finale. Dude, like again, that felt like that was, it just felt so heavy and like so much stuff happened. It was the culmination of a lot of things. Yeah. And man, I put it up there with the movies, man. Yeah. Like this, just, 
it's a it's a pivotal point in the rebellion. Like it's a it's a big even though they don't destroy them, it's still a big win for the Empire. Mm-hmm. They dislodged them from from one of their bases. Yeah. Um Yeah. Like it was like it's just like a big, big event. It really is. And it feels appropriately heavy as yeah. well by the end. And, and also you have characters uh like Callus. Like I love mm-hmm. love the way that his character is developed. Like I didn't really like him in season one. Right. But it's like the way that he's developed into kind of being this uh informant. Yeah. Like that was a very key thing for me. So yeah. I mean seeing that kind of get get onto the next phase yeah. of whatever his story is well, they, and they feels good. They've done a masterful job of making Thrawn a compelling villain. Agreed. He is. I put him up there, you know, with Darth Maul in yep. a sense. You know, where it's like, uh, I mean, I've spent more time with Darth Maul, and I feel like he is more of a formidable kind of the guy right now. Like in terms of villains, I rank him pretty high. Yeah. Uh, but Thrawn is like, he's he's under uh, right up there, you know, underneath him. He's approaching. I mean, yeah. it's 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 one of those things that they're different people. Right. Uh, they're different. They Very have different, different motives, and they have different. Yeah, they have different thing, reasons that I fear them. Yeah. And different reasons that the heroes should fear them. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't mean that that you know. But, I, but again, like I think they've done a really good job with this because like they didn't just like you know get rid of them. Right. You know, like good villains win sometimes. It's true. They and, win a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, but like <laughs> you think about let's, we've 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 harped on you know villains in Mar the Marvel universe you know for a long time now where it's like. <laughs> Really cool kind of guy, you know. Great powers. Great visuals, great powers, and then just failure, dead. Yep, died. Like, okay, cool. He wasn't that scary. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. sure, I mean, sure, he, you know, did something. Sure, he decimated a planet in Gardens of the Galaxy 1, but a dance defeats him. Right. I mean, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't happen that way, no. but it's like, your villain's... You have to have you have to you have to respect them yep. in order for your audience to respect them, and and your characters have to respect them. Not in a like you know I'm going to bow down before you kind of way, but in a like you are a formidable opponent. I can't just laugh you off. Right. You got to give me a reason to a reason to want them to lose. And that's why Loki is such a great villain. Yeah. He wins a lot of the time. Yeah, and he's always he's. I mean, even for like. A large span of time, yeah. he was like pulling the wool over everybody's eyes, right? As the king, yeah, um, yeah. I think you know, uh, villain care. You know, you think about it, like it's like villain. villain care. You know, it's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta take, you know, we gotta show some appropriate villain care. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> great episodes. Yeah, some of the best Star Wars stuff I've seen. Again, I would rate them ten in a long time. Yeah, like it's great stuff, man. Like, it impressed me on all levels. Well, it's late. It's late. And this was a long episode, too. Very long episode. It was all the guitar stuff <laughs> in the beginning. The 15 minutes of guitar talk. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, we apologize for that. We'll do better in the future. <laughs> that's the first time we've done that. I'm really surprised that's honestly the first time we've done that. That we've talked about, like, music. or oh, Well, we talked well, about, about music, music. But, like, you know, um, if you want a good album right now, I'm really into Betty Who. And you her new album called I, The Valley. I need to. Uh, yeah, I think it's, that's what it's called. I need. I need to download mm. it. I Did listen, you listen to. to any a, of it? I listen to the like the single and there's like some a couple crazy of stuff on there's there. Some cool stuff. Yeah. I I like it. Yeah. Um, next week, do we have an agenda? 
I don't believe so. I think like that one's to be determined. All right. Um, well, there's a lot of things that are going on this upcoming month. Yeah, there's and, some, some things in flux. Yeah, so it's like, you know, maybe next week we might do a movie review. We might not. I would assume we probably won't. I, I know you'll eventually see the, uh, the Fast and Furious Fate, of the yeah, Furious. Fate of the Furious. When does Baywatch come out? I think it comes out like next month. Sometime. I have to see that. I think it comes out like next month sometime. Okay. That um, one's one that I, I don't know if I have no, any No, we don't have to review I'm going to see it. You, you should I'll, review I'll do it. A, I'll, I'll, I'll do a mini review. I'm telling you, Chris, you should review it. As a pick of the week or something. It. It's just I don't I, – I, every single trailer I've been like, I don't know. It's the thing. I love the I love Horrible Bosses um, and that's who directed this. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love The Rock. I For some reason, Horrible Bosses didn't quite like really? get me. Like, I oh, thought, man. Like there were some funny moments and I'm glad I like saw it. But it's like it wasn't one that I'm like, oh, super sold on. Anyway, cool. Um, we still need to get you to watch Mad Max. That's, that's very that's true. A different issue. Um, I so, also want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume One mm. before the uh, second one comes out again. Like it's it's been oh, a like minute. You just want to rewatch. Yeah, I just want to rewatch it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's something I feel like I need to do before I watch you Volume should. Two. Do you own it? I do not. I need to. I'll rent it or something. You're living your life wrong, Chris. See, <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> I'm a very digital consumer. Well, so get the digital version. <laughs> See, that's what I should do is just buy it off of iTunes. It's, buy it off of iTunes. Buy, it's, it's Disney movies anywhere. I know. You buy it once on one platform. It shows up on your Xbox. It's amazing. It shows up on Amazon. The best. Everywhere. See, what puts me off, though, about that? Here, let me just let me lay oh this out gosh. here. Oh, my gosh. You're going to have a problem with this? So I don't have a problem with it. I, I love that system. But I always feel like I might as well buy the Blu-ray because you get the digital copy, too. So do it. But then I never go to the store and actually do it. John, there's Amazon for a reason. Chris, I know, but I don't, I don't know. It takes like two button clicks and they send it to your house. And I use my fingerprint and it just comes right here. I know this. These are all things I know, Chris, but it's no excuse. (laughs) This is is the worst excuse. There is no excuse. No, there's not any excuse. What you're saying. No, it's not. That's why, like, and honestly, like, to, like, to, like, you're being completely transparent. I love buying like Disney-owned properties because oh, yeah. of that. Where it's oh, like, yeah, it's great, dude. I don't have to even think about like, oh man, is this have a an iTunes copy on it? Or and don't get me a, started on the ultraviolet. Oh my god, or ultra, yeah. And so I'm like, so no, hard to I buy this and it shows up everywhere. This digital copy. Yep. So cool. Yeah, I've connected all my. I can like it shows up on my Xbox. I know. You know, it shows up on iTunes. Yeah. It shows up in the Disney Anywhere app. Yep. It's amazing. I can watch it on planes. It's another endorsement for which we're not getting paid. This is this is true. <laughs> we, we need to get that Disney money, man. So we'll figure out what we're talking about next week, and we'll get back to you guys. Yeah. That's it for this week. You can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at chriswright 250 And John Wright 777 And at Stay in Target Pod. Please go to your podcast service of choice and review us. Tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. All the stars. All the stars. Sky Full of Stars. That's a great a great song by Coldplay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, Coldplay. Dude, that's just a feel-good song. There. So, Coldplay. Mm. Can we just look into this on music <laughs> just like we started it? Just like we began. The uh, Viva La Vida album. Oh, man. So good. Mm. I need to listen to that. I really wish I'd seen that album in concert. That was one of the best concerts I've seen. Yeah. Actually. Um. I like the new stuff, but not as much. Yeah, I mean, since then it's like I, I'll I like a few of the songs on an album, but not like that one was an all the way through. And then they had a an additional uh, the Prospects March yes addition to that, which is really cool. And it was every song as well. The um, I actually really like the album. I didn't like so I didn't like Milo's Ioloto that much, but the album that 
Skyfall of Stars is on, I really, really like. It's just really depressing when you listen to the lyrics. Mm. It's right after he uh, uh, br- uh, got divorced from uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow, yes. Yeah. And so, like, it's all just like in the the throes of yeah. that. And so, it's a very cohesive album. I like. I, I really respect albums that feel. Um, complete from start to finish as a thing Agreed. on its own, you know? Like, I feel like like that one and then again like Viva La Vida and Prospect Smart, you yeah, can listen they do. like those two albums you yep. can listen to like straight through and it feels yeah. like that. But I agree, like whenever something feels like these ten songs were meant for each other. Yes. That's where you want to be. And I love the flow of that because it kind of takes you on these like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of up here and up here and then it's like sky full stars is here is very hopeful toward the end and then it kind of ends on a like a nice like I'm good note. You know, so you kind of like feel his emotional journey. Yeah, and get an emotional resolution. Yeah, and so like I love stuff like that, dude. Um, but yeah, Sky Full of Stars. There it is. You guys should listen to it now. There's also a great song out by Coldplay and the Chainsmokers, <laughs> who I'm really into these days. <laughs> Let's end this thing. <laughs> That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target. All right, Chris, hit me with your pick of the week. My pick of the week. <laughs> 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 <laughs>